Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Jenks, in uh, honor of Phil Mickelson, what is the most degenerate bet that you've ever made? Oh, degenerate bet. That's a good question. I got to think about this for a second. Most degenerate bet. I Like I'm, something I'll that had no was. logic to it. Like something that, oh. you know, it wasn't a sharp bet. You're just like, whatever. I really oh. like the number 19 and I'm going to put all my money on it at the roulette table. Well, this is, yes, I, this is when I was, <laughs> I've told the story where I was playing three card poker in Atlantic city and you should never play three card poker worst odds in the entire casino. It's just a loser's game. And I decided I never play three card poker. It's got terrible odds. I think I'm going to bet three card poker. I know this isn't sports betting, but it's still betting. Right. So right. all you do, all you do when it comes to three card poker is you look at your hand and you think, okay, I, I think I have a good hand. I'm going to play. That's, pretty much it like i like my hand i don't like my hand and i think you have to have or you have to have or the dealer has to have at least a queen for it to qualify this is how they make sure the odds are stacked against you and i decided one time i could not lose i got hotter than i've ever gotten in my entire life i was playing two hands at the same time i had way too much to drink i'm just i got a buddy next to me just leaning up against me like you just gotta keep playing you have to keep playing you have to keep playing and so i just kept winning and i was up like two or three thousand dollars i kept winning and so i just and they had those bonus bets you know where if you get a a straight a flush a pay whatever Mm -hmm. you get and those are also sucker bets those bonus bets are total sucker bets and i thought you know what I'm going to put a, I'm way up. I'm going to put a hundred dollars on this bonus bet. I'm going to do it. And so I, I did it and I'm like, I'm throwing money away. I don't care. Whatever. I'm up. Let's just do it. And I looked at my cards and I was like, Oh, I got a flush. I got a flush. And I'll never forget my friend, Tyler. He's sitting to my right and his eyes get super big. He goes, that's a straight flush. And I was like, Oh, hey, 30 to one. I made $3,000 on that one hand because I had $100 in the bonus bet, a dumb bonus bet. And it worked. It was a degenerate bet. Now it came home, but that was a total degenerate bet, which when I played three card poker since then, guess what? Lost. 
lost, lost, lost. But that's the one time I was rolling and I decided to be a total degenerate and it actually paid off. Well, that's at least a good story because yeah. I can think of like all of my most degenerate gambling stories and most of them involve losing. And I wanted to think like, what are the most degenerate games of the casino? Because number one has to be the slot machines, right? That are like the animatronic yeah. horse race game. Have you ever been to those casinos that have like a top floor of like the really janky games? It usually always smells like those. cigarette smoke. And there's huh. the animatronic horse one. Maybe this is not the correct term for it, but do you know what I'm talking about? It's like little horse oh, yeah. figurines and you pick a horse and then the game starts and you root on the horse to win and it's most definitely rigged. So like those are the most, you know, degenerate games I think at the casino, but in sports betting, what do you think the most degenerate bets are? Cause I'm going to say spring training baseball, I'm going to go mm -hmm. first basket props in basketball. Yeah. And then I'm going to go probably nerfy. Is there a degenerate one in football that you can think of? Because like people don't really do the coin toss with the exception of the Super Bowl, right? That's true. I I will I think NBA preseason is ridiculous. I you know why this stands out to me is because I was in Charlestown, West Virginia a few years ago doing a sports betting story, and it was preseason time in the NBA. And I remember a guy there and he was locked in. To the NBA preseason in anything, I feel like is a total crapshoot. Yeah. Why would mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, why would you bet preseason on anything? Unless, unless you want to do the whole it's the preseason, let's go unders in the NFL, blah blah blah. I guess that's maybe one angle, or you bet on the Ravens because the Ravens love to win in the preseason. Maybe that's one trend. But this guy is locked in, and I'm like, this is a guy I need to talk to for this story because clearly he's he's invested here. And so I talked to him and then off the record when the camera's off we're just you know shooting the breeze a little bit and i go well how are things going you know how are the games treating you how's it going he goes well i won uh i won four thousand dollars today and i was like holy crap i was like congratulations that's awesome but he didn't smile he didn't he wasn't oh i would have been like jumping for joy he goes yeah 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 you know it was I had one good day and I was like, oh, so he had won a lot that day, but clearly he had been betting a lot on the NBA preseason and had not done well. Because if you asked me and I'd won 4,000, Chelsea, I would be calling you and Jake like, hey, I got to tell you guys, I just want to like, and he was just like, yeah, well, you know, I, ha I had a good day. And I was like, yeah, not great. Well, sometimes those people who win large amounts also lose large amounts because here's yes. the thing about casinos you have to leave the casino the second that you are up big or you mm -hmm. will end up giving it back uh what's the the saying from kenny rogers who i feel like now should like they should do a remake of the gambler for phil mickelson because <laughs> it's basically about him you gotta know when to hold him know when to fold him clearly some people do not know when to quit <laughs> know when to walk away know when to run that's the key you gotta know when to walk away i know it's not right. easy especially when you're winning winning but when you start losing you gotta know when to walk away kenny rogers had it figured out a long time ago yeah that's an old vegas trick is that you order a drink and then you're up and you want to leave but you gotta wait on your drink so you play yeah. a few more hands and all of a sudden you're sucked back in all right so mm -hmm. speaking of 
Let's look at the slate today and look at the second half of Major League Baseball. Let's go to the Angels and the Astros game. Angels plus 165. Houston minus 200. Total of eight and a half runs. Reed Detmers gets the ball for LA. He's two and eight with a 478 ERA facing the shiny new toy for the Astros, who was once their toy before. Justin Verlander, six and six with a 311 ERA. Uh, Jenks, I think I can guess what you're going to bet here. Can I take can. a take a gamble here? I'm going to say take that Jenks likes the Astros in the first five minus a half, backing Justin Verlander. He's the better pitcher in this matchup. Jenks, how'd I do? You nailed it. I am so predictable. You nailed it. Come on. Chef's kiss. Astro- Chef's kiss. Astros first five. Justin Verlander has not allowed more than three runs in any start since back on June the 20th. So remember we had that bumpy start to the season? That is a long, long time ago. Your only sabotage factor, and this is something to keep in mind, the Angels have been a fantastic team in the first five this season. I think fifth overall, which you would not expect from the Angels. That said, this is a lot of that I feel like is front-loaded because this Mm -hmm. is not the same team that we saw early in the season. They're a different team, and now Shohei – is going to leave after this season very likely. Let's be honest. Facing Verlander is a completely different beast. Astros first five run line, minus 120. Let's go. Right. To back your point, the Angels were one of the better offenses in baseball to start the season. Now they've been in a tailspin because do not be fooled by the two-game win streak that the Angels are currently on. Before that, they had lost seven straight. And if you look at their offensive numbers, uh, a team that was once in the top 10 now sits very middling when it comes to WRC plus over the last two weeks, as you would expect for a team that had lost seven straight, uh, sitting in 19th right now in WRC plus in most statistic categories or most statistical Mm -hmm. categories, I should say. So I'll take the better pitcher here and uh, the team that's overall better. And that is the Houston Astros. So let's go Astros in the first five minus a half. And then let's get to this game because I think we both kind of like similar plays here. Padres Diamondbacks, San Diego minus 165, Arizona plus 140. Total of nine runs. Blake Snell gets the ball for the Padres. Eight and eight with a 261 ERA facing Ryan Nelson, who is six and six with a 516 ERA. Speaking of teams that do not look like their former selves, the team that we saw, you know, back in May or June, that fits the bill for Arizona. I think maybe the the Padres are not the most deserving favorites on a nightly basis, yeah. but still, I think we both are riding the coattails of Blake Snell here. I do not want to I really don't want to be a square here but i how can you not like how can you not i don't even want to bet two bets today because it hasn't been my best week i'm sort of tempted just to play one game and leave it be but man blake smell smell god remember we used to call him blake smell and now i'm just saying it subconsciously blake smell he's back to blake snell sir good Mm -hmm. sir he's been a revelation he has not given up more than three runs in a single start since may the 19th think about that That is incredible. That's how good he's been this season. Ryan Nelson has had his moments this year. Sure, he can get some strikeouts for you. You cannot ignore how bad he has been when pitching at home. His ERA in the desert is 8.01. Padres are also a top 10 team on the road in the first five. I got to play it. Padres first five run line minus 120. I'm going with a similar vibe, but I am squarely backing 
Blake Snell here because his earned runs prop today is two and a half and the under is minus 135 for a team that over the last three weeks in baseball has the worst WRC plus in the majors and that is the Diamondbacks and you're going against the force that is Blake Snell here somebody who is making a strong case to win the Cy Young this guy's been incredible uh over the month of July had a 0.56 ERA I know last start against the Dodgers, he gave up three earned runs, but he still struck out eight, and that was the Dodgers. A far cry mm-hmm. from what we're seeing from this Diamondbacks lineup right now. So I'll take the under two and a half earned runs for Blake Snell. Are you worried about backing the Padres in any sense? Because I think that's where I feel a little nervous, like, you know, for the hitting aspect of the Padres. Yeah. When are they going to turn things around? Like, you look at their Maybe lineup. Not. How are they not good? This is like somebody who was handed like a trust fund <laughs> as like a teenager and right. they've done nothing with their lives. You're like, come on, man. You had every opportunity. What's the saying? You were born on third base. That's the Padres. Yeah, they've got they've got everything they need. They've got everything they need. They have good starting pitching. They have plenty of bats. They have a great pen. There's no reason why they shouldn't be dominating. I, I can't. But my, I don't know what it is because if if you're if you're someone who's analyzing why San Diego hasn't been that good, I I don't have an I don't think anyone has an answer. They're just underperforming. It doesn't make any sense. I I, I don't know, Chelsea. We keep thinking, oh, Padres are going to come alive. Padres are going to come alive. But sometimes you just are who you are, and I'm worried this is just who they are. Yeah, they were born on third base and then hit into an inning-ending double play to you know get out of the threat like that would be the saying all right so we have a couple more games uh at least in this segment on the rundown here orioles mariners rangers giants do you have a play in either of these i think i like the rangers today it feels like a a fishy price here at minus 115 uh do you have any thoughts here on the rangers of giants or the orioles and the mariners i am gonna hate myself for this i'm gonna play the mariners in the money line and i know you're betting against the Orioles. That is danger, danger, danger. I I handicap this game, and I I love Seattle here. I love this price. I think it's actually a bargain. Luis Castillo has been a witch at home, five and three, an ERA of two point seven nine. Kyle Gibson has struggled on the road this season, ERA over five. He faced he faced the Mariners early this season, got smacked around for five earned in three innings. Also, Seattle. Nine and one in its last 10. The Orioles relievers have been used up quite a bit over the past couple games in Baltimore against the Astros. And remember, Baltimore has to travel all the way across the country, which is a hard thing to do after a hard fought series against Houston. Uh, I, I hate myself for this. I'm going Mariners money line. Mm, buyer beware. I know. I know. Because I know. the sabotage factor is always the run support. Because, like, look I at know. the win loss records. Even though Kyle Gibson Gibson has a four five zero ERA, he's eleven and six. Even though Luis Castillo has a three two one ERA, he's seven and seven. But you're right. The Mariners <sighs> have been hot lately, so maybe that is the ticket, and maybe that's why they're favored here. I, Jenks, can you talk me off the Rangers here? Why are they only minus 115? Because for the Giants, it's kind of like a, a bullpen game. I believe they have like mm-hmm. uh, Alexander starting and then Ross Stripling is going to come in and take the bulk of the innings. I know yeah. John Gray has not been as dominant as he once was in the start of the season, but still yeah. he's been much better on the road. The Rangers are the much better team. 
And over the last few weeks, the Giants have really been struggling. Fourth worst WRC plus in all of baseball. What am I missing? The only thing I would say, and I'll make this quick, is that John Gray has slipped ERA of 5.66 over the past 30 days. So as good as he's been this season, hasn't been good recently. Outside of that, great value on the Rangers. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.